My name is Evan, and I have a new life in Christ. I struggle with pride, people-pleasing, and fear of man, which manifested in alcoholism for most of my adult life. From my earliest memories as a young child, I recall feeling alone in the world. I was ashamed of myself, and I sought to hide my shame from those around me. Rather than share my struggles uh, authentically, I have always kept them a secret from those around me. I start my testimony with the feelings of shame rather than sharing with you some traumatic episode in my life because I have no trauma to share that will explain what I knew true, to be true about myself. I felt different, broken, and maybe unlovable. That was my identity and truth from a very young age through most of my adult life. I was a burden to my family. At least that is what I believed. I was diagnosed with a medical condition as a young child that would pre prevent me from growing normally. I was not sick, but in order uh, to get the treatment I needed, required frequent hospital stays for several years. I'm not sure if the time, worry, and financial burden uh, of my medical condition placed on my parents led to my beliefs about myself. I just remember from a young age thinking that I was defective or different and a burden to those around me. One day when I was 11, uh, my parents asked my brother and I to be home at five o'clock as they had a surprise for us. I have very few vivid childhood memories, but I remember this day very clearly. At five o'clock, I remember my brother and I pedaling our bikes as hard as we could to get home for the surprise. The surprise was announcement that our parents were getting a divorce and my father would be leaving the next day. As an adult, I know my parents' divorce had nothing to do with me, but as a child, this reinforced my identity of being shameful and unlovable. I recall trying to tell my best friend that my parents were divorcing. I tried for days, but the words just wouldn't come out. It was at this time that I started protecting myself to ensure that I was never hurt again. I became more isolated, guarded my emotions, and did not allow anyone to get too close to me. Isolation was not the absence of people. It was a decision to never be vulnerable and to not allow others the ability to know me well enough to see my deficiencies. As an adult, I still struggled with feelings of ina inadequacy. I rejected myself and constantly felt shame, but I could not let the world see the real me. I came to the conclusion that my value in this world would be through my professional and financial success. I wanted to be older, wiser, more successful, admired, and respected. I chased business success, and I chased respect and power. I did these things without doing admirable or respectful things. I would lie and cut corners when convenient and constantly justify the choices in my life. I devoted much of my life to creating an identity for the rest of the world to see, an identity that, that says, I am successful, I am, I am valuable. I found finan financial success, but at the end of every workday, I was still left with myself, and I was ashamed of who I was. I remember clearly the frequent feelings of sadness and loneliness I would have at the end of the work week as my colleagues left work for the weekend. I would feel empty and exposed knowing that my identity and life was wrapped up in my profession. At the end of each workday, I was left with myself and the pain of knowing that I was not what I tried so hard for others to believe about me. Uh, the reality was that I was alone, depressed, and scared. It was the quietness of being home alone that was the most unbearable. Away from the commotion and important matters of the business world, I found myself alone, and in the quietness of the evening, I would seek out relief from, from myself in alcohol.
Not every day at first, but over the years, the amount and frequency increased. I tried dozens of different methods to, to manage my drinking. I would change from beer to wine to liquor uh, and change what time of day I would begin drinking, but none of the managing reversed the progressing dependence on alcohol in my life. If I had a drink, there was no desire and, and no mental defense from having another and another and another until I passed out. What started as a couple of nights of heavy drinking every week slowly progressed to daily heavy drinking. My alcohol use was a secret uh, that I kept from family and colleagues. I was a drunk, an alcoholic. Alcohol did give me temporary relief from the emotional pain that I carried, but it gave me double the shame knowing I was a drunk and little hope that life would never be any different. At the age of 32, after 10 years of progressively heavier drinking, I walked into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. It was there that I first understood my powerlessness over my addiction to alcohol. My first day of sobriety was possible only after I was willing to go to my knees defeated and ask God for help with something I could not do on my own. Unlike what I have learned through regeneration, I thought my brokenness was my addiction, and once I had sobriety, I could, could take control of my life once again. Uh, regrettably, alcohol was the only thing I was willing to give to God. I could admit that I was powerless over my addiction and believe that God could do what I couldn't with alcohol, but I was unwilling to trust God with my life. After a year's sobriety, uh, but with no willingness to trust God with my life, I began drinking again. And the cycle of drinking and shame intensified for another 10 years. Alcohol was more important to me than anything else in my life. I surrounded myself with others who drank like me and made progressively poor decisions. In April of 2015, my physical health was deteriorating. I was experiencing internal bleeding and not seeking medical attention. My business was failing. My business partner's brother died of an overdose. Uh, and my business partner checked himself into rehab for drug and alcohol abuse. My world was crashing down around me and my pride kept me from humbly dropping to my knees again to ask God for help. I could not or would not seek help for my alcoholism for those 10 years. It took my friend and business partner returning from rehab for me to admit that I was powerless over my addiction and to seek help in sobriety. My new sobriety date is May 5th, 2015. It has taken 20 years of heavy drinking with a year of sobriety and a relapse for me to understand what my life looks like under my own power and understanding. I had no personal relationship with God, and I doubted whether it was even possible to know God. For 20 years, I doled my emotions with alcohol, my heart was hard, and I had trouble feeling much of anything. Sobriety this time looked much uh, like it did 15 years before. Uh, feeling better physically carried me through much of the first year. I had been here before, though, and I was still the same little boy that was scared, ashamed of himself, and had very little hope. Uh, I knew life in Christ did not happen immediately. It began by observing God working through other people that I knew used to drink like me. What I learned from the men and women who had 20-plus years of sobriety but continued to show up to share their stories with those new to sobriety was important. It is through conversations with many of them that I began to see uh, that those with decades of sobriety appeared to have an intimate relationship with God. I was not convinced, though, and sought out a counselor to help me deal with my defectiveness. I was not looking for faith in Christ. 
I wanted scientific, proven methods to fix my brokenness. I sought out a counselor, a therapist who could evaluate me and either prescribe a solution to my brokenness or diagnose me so I could accept the terminal nature of my brokenness. I was tired of being disappointed with the cycle of hope, failure, and powerlessness that seemed to be a permanent part of who I was. What was shared with me in those counseling sessions was a mix of understanding, biblical encouragement, and a recommendation that I attend to regeneration. The idea of sitting in a circle of men and sharing authentically uh, was terrifying to me. I had spent my whole life ensuring that no one knew who I was. I didn't like who I was. Why would I want others to know the real me? Hearing the weekly testimonies and regeneration and listening to other men and groundwork was liberating. I began to understand that we are all broken and that I was not alone in my brokenness, that God knows this and that God loves us in the midst of our sin and brokenness. My hardened heart held preconceptions about God uh, that were formulated as a child. A, a new understanding of the Bible and God was needed. My heart was hardened from years of sin, drinking, and isolation. The word God had lost its meaning and importance to me. I wanted to know the heart of God, and I needed a father, so God became Abba or Daddy to me. For several of those first months, I was comforted by John 13, 23, which shows Peter leaning into and resting against Jesus. Verse 23, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. As I would lie in bed at night alone, I would pray and often use the words Abba, Daddy, and Father as I talked with God and imagined myself leaning on Jesus' chest. The one who Jesus loved, Jesus also knew, would disown or deny him. In John 13, 37 and 38, Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay, your lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. The one Jesus loved would disown him three times. This verse and, the, and many others showing Christ's love for sinners throughout the Bible helped me to understand God's heart. I had tried to prove my worth in life and, and hid from my brokenness that I was ashamed of. Most importantly, I began to believe what God was telling me about myself. I had rejected myself, and for so long I believed that internal dialogue that called me by my sins, but God was changing that. I started to believe what God told me, that I was beloved, that I was formed and known by God, that God loved me and sought me in the midst of my sin and in my brokenness. I also learned that God understood my struggles and my powerlessness. The foundation verse for step one of regeneration is Romans seven eighteen. It says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. I had demonstrated this inability to do what is, this inability to do what is right my entire life. I assumed that I was alone in my struggle, so I kept them a secret. I was afraid others would discover my struggles and in order to try to fit in and impress others, I kept them a secret. In my mind and in my way of understanding, it was safer not to be known and fit in than it was to be known and surely be rejected. 
It is with this new understanding of the human condition demonstrated in Romans 7, 18, that I can now be honest and share my struggles authentically with my brothers in Christ. No longer unique in my brokenness, I could come out of hiding and be known. I could admit that I was powerless over not just my addictions, but also my brokenness and sinful patterns. I confessed to my mentor and to the men in my regen group the truth of the damage I had done, and as a result, my constant fear of anyone discovering my secrets and false identity subsided. I continued to better understand God's perfect love for me, which is evident in 1 John 4:18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. For the first time in my life, I was no longer a fraud and no longer afraid and expecting punishment. It was no, ne- no longer necessary to hide, and I began seeing God's promises and fruits of the Holy Spirit displayed in my life. As I mentioned earlier, my parents divorced when I was 11. I did not see much of my father after our divorce. His story is in some ways much like mine, a, a man who did not think he deserved love, a man who felt he had failed his family and failed in life, a man who looked elsewhere for comfort and to dull the hurt. Since beginning Regen, I've had the opportunity to care for my father following heart surgery, excuse me, heart surgery, and for the several months he was in and out of intensive care. He frequently questioned why I was there to take care of him, saying, I do not deserve for you to be helping me like this, or why are you staying with me and loving me? Over those two months, I was able to share with him a love that I did not know before knowing Christ, which isn't in my own nature. My hardened heart had softened, and I could now love others in their brokenness because I could now understand my own brokenness and understand that we are all broken. I have a new authentic relationship with my Father through God's power, grace, and patient love displayed in my life. My sin no longer defines me. It is not my identity. Satan, or as I like to say, the adversary, frequently calls me by my most shameful moments. But I know that God, my Father, loves me. He knows my most shameful moments, but calls me by my name. He has sought me my whole life. Looking back, I see many times where God has called me to accept his grace and to trust in him. For most of my life, I chose to only trust in myself. Now I have the full knowledge of knowing what life on my own terms looks like. God allowed me to choose to trust him or myself. I can say now with close to five years of sobriety that the struggles and pain were necessary for me to understand my need for God. I hope to never forget what my life looked like and felt like when I listened only to myself. It is not my intention to have you believe that I awake every day admitting to my powerlessness and trusting God to guide my life. I am still a sinner and I often find myself taking back control and denying my dependence on God. I'm still often prideful thinking, I got this, fearful of man's judgment and seeking approval from others. God has shown me joy in life his way, and I have shown myself the misery of my way. I have a daily choice. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul says the following, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. 
Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. It is in my brokenness that God works through me. Every time I try to take back full control and deny God, I flounder. Every time I get back into the Word, I understand God's promises and find the love, strength, and purpose of the God who made me. I find grace instead of punishment, and God's love replaces my fear. My name is Evan, and I have a new life in Christ. My struggles include pride, people-pleasing, and fear of man. But today I choose to surrender to God, who is good, merciful, and who loves us. I place my trust in Him rather than my own understanding and experience the joy of a relationship with my Father rather than the pain, shame, and isolation of alcohol. If you are new to regeneration, I hope that you will continue to come back and discover, like I have, that you are not alone in your struggles, pain, and sin. God loves you, desires for you to know Him, and to experience His love for you.